Welcome to the Woman Inc. podcast. This is the place for the new generation of women looking to lead the life of their absolute dreams. I'm your host, Jenna Toddy, entrepreneur, life coach, and strategist for modern businesswomen and entrepreneurs. I am a city girl, sriracha lover, and that friend who will hype you up when you forget how powerful you truly are. I am on a mission to make Women Inc. the most powerful network of women who are leveling up, owning what they want, and becoming who they've always wanted to be. Have you ever wondered what it would look like if you went all in on yourself? No turning back. If so, you are in the right place, my girl. Let's get started. Hello, you beautiful people. This week's guest is Katie Gebhardt, an incredibly talented interior designer and the founder of Solstice Interiors, a full-service interior design firm based in San Diego. Her projects have been featured in Domino, Lonnie, Design Milk, Dezine, The Venue Report, and more. She was also honored by San Diego Magazine as the 2019 Best Interior Design Firm. She also happens to be my college roommate. We spend most of this conversation laughing, as old friends do, but what I love most about this episode is how far we both have come. If you are in the building phase of your career or still in school and everything feels overwhelming, I hope this episode reminds you to be easy on yourself and enjoy the unglamorous journey of figuring shit out. You can find Katie on Instagram at Katie Gab and Solstice Interiors. Also, be sure to check out the show notes for a discount code towards her dreamy print shop. It is amazing. Now, let's get over to my conversation comprised of mostly laughing with Katie. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. I'm so incredibly excited just to see your (laughs) face right now. You as well. It has been too long. So we (laughs) know each other. We were college roommates. Yes. Which I honestly feel like we could write a book. I don't know if everyone feels like this with their book, <laughs> but I feel like we had the craziest stories. We really do. Yeah. <laughs> so we and not a crazy, that. not a crazy story, but a funny story I was thinking about is how tight we were with our doorman Manny and Manny. our cable. <laughs> Our cable wasn't working one day and we went in the lobby and made him play Jersey Shore for us. <laughs> oh my gosh. I completely remember this. Like brought our dinner down. I feel like. <laughs> Manny was basically our life coach, pastor. I don't even know. Therapist. All the things. He got us through some like. <laughs> I love Manny so much. <laughs> So what's amazing is that you are actually doing what you went to school for, which so I wild. feel like I know few people. Well, you, so you specialize in interior design yeah. and I remember sitting on the couch with you while you were designing everything. <laughs> and I feel like I was just always so <laughs> frustrated in school, just really trying to do everything. Like we yeah. both worked 
right? You yeah. went well, which is kind of rare that that we were working, going to school. Like totally. we were super busy. <laughs> we were so busy. <laughs> and I don't know about you, but I kind of feel like that time is a blur. I don't know why, but it went by totally. so fast and we were just it really did so much, like constantly going. But I remember you sitting and designing things all the time on your laptop. And I thought it was so cool because I was in fashion and being able to just have a roomie who was doing something completely different was fun to watch. But yeah. Can you first just walk us through when you first decided you wanted to do interior, when that love came and mm-hmm. yeah, walk us through the, the process of how you got started in interior design? Yeah. So I feel I was really blessed to know I was into interiors pretty early on. Like I loved setting up my room as a kid. I always felt really influenced by my surroundings and my home. So when Fitum came to my high school and spoke about interior design, I just lit up. I was like, oh, there's, this is a career path. Like how cool. (laughs) And I applied and just went for it. I moved out of um, my house two weeks after graduating high school, met you, moved into our luscious apartment (laughs) and the rest was history. I feel so lucky. I knew early on. I mean, I don't think I knew on such a deep level, like how much I was going to love this career path. I just was interested by it. But yeah, that's where that stems from, from childhood, from loving my surroundings and went right to school for that. And I feel like you were always redecorating our apartment. <laughs> oh, totally. All the time. <laughs> we were like broke college kids who had <laughs> the ugliest furniture ever. I don't even know where we got all of our things. Our like, place came furnished. Is that? Oh, yes. You're right. Yeah. Yes. That's so, <laughs> but we had such random things like, yeah, my gosh. And we went through <laughs> so many roommates that it took so like, many. many different design situations. Yeah. I'm having like PTSD with our design situation. <laughs> <laughs> Not at the time. I didn't know what I was in for. I think I was so happy to just like be in a new space, first apartment, first roomies, like it just felt so fun. So I, I wasn't too concerned about design at that point. (laughs) So, okay. So you go to FITM, you're doing interior design, learning all of the things. And then what was your path towards starting your own business? But I am so proud of you. I feel like you completely killing it. But Instagram (laughs) makes me just so happy, but walk. Oh, that's so nice to hear you know, starting, getting started. First of all, just background. You are definitely someone that I feel like does things the right way. You don't just jump into things. You you're very thorough and thought out. Oh, thank you. (laughs) But that's, it's hard to start a business when you think that way. So walk us through like totally. So I had random part-time jobs. As you remember in college, I worked at Victoria's secret in pink. I worked at a sushi restaurant. I, I had to have these random part-time jobs. And so when I finished my design degree, I moved back home and I started working at restoration hardware and I was a sales associate. I was learning about furniture and lighting. I felt scared to apply for a designer. I was just like, I'm not ready. I need to gain more experience in all these other ways. So I was working there 
learned how to fluff a mean sofa, learned how to make a bed, <laughs> learned all cool styling tips. <laughs> and people would come in on a rare occasion with floor plans and I would just light up inside like, oh, I get to use my architectural ruler. I can read your plan. Like, look at me go. <laughs> and so that it's so funny to look back in hindsight and see these little things that just light you up. So that was one of them. And at this time, I was nearing the end of my business degree online. So I was doing that, working at Restoration Hardware. And so to be completely honest, I was so self-conscious that I hadn't worked for a designer yet. And I wanted to get more experience, but still just wasn't ready. So I got a random office job in my field. So I was working for a multi-line hospitality sales rep, and it was a full-blown office job. So I was a project manager, and he essentially was the middleman between a designer and a vendor. So I did learn a ton of valuable information about the back-end side of design, but I was not designing at all. I was fully on the business side, like ordering this guy his lunch for his 15 guests of his sales pitch meeting, (laughs) not at all design. And I was just like, this is where I'm at right now. I'm just gaining experience. Um, I got to go to some trade shows and I went to Vegas and New York and I'd be working in these booths and I was working in the booth as the vendor and I'd be showing designers these cool things. And it was honestly a soul crushing moment for me that I look back on and something just switched. I was like, I want to be the designer looking at these things, like walking around, having people show me these things. I don't want to be showing it to the designer. So uh, that was a lot. But after that, I started applying to designers. I was like, this is my time. I'm going to do it. I'm going to branch out. I applied to designers all over Southern California and no one would hire me. I essentially manifested exactly what I feared. It was like a, no, you, you have such a unique skill set. You seem so wonderful, but you don't have actual work experience working for a designer. So I could not get hired. And I kind of took that and was just like, I, I guess I need to keep trying. So I literally would measure out my apartment. I started practicing AutoCAD again making mood boards at home, like designing for a non-existent client was just so eager to learn and to start doing design, whether that was for a real client or not. (laughs) So I started doing that. And then my best friend's mom was remodeling her home and she knew I was into interior design. So I was like, let me design your whole house for free. I'm just, let me do it. And she hired me. I mean, not hired. I was fully working for free. (laughs) But that was my first experience designing a home. Got my hands on a kitchen, some bathroom stuff, space planning, was eating up every second of it. I remember being in my office job and she called me because we were doing these tile patterns on stairs. And the tile installer called me and was like, we have this issue because I need to cut these tiles and it's going to ruin your pattern. And I had to leave work in the middle of the day. And I was just driving, like grinning ear to ear, like, look at me driving to my client's house to fix a tile problem. Like, this is it. I love it. I was so happy. (laughs) The dream. (laughs) The dream. Tile problems. The goals. So that's another funny moment to look back on that lit me up. Like, I was so happy. Um, Around this time, another designer reached out to me to do some AutoCAD work that had I had applied to before, started being part time for her. 
and then quit my full-time job, left all my benefits, went from full-time to part-time for him. The designer that I was working for started passing me clients on the side that she couldn't take. So I was part-time for this office job, part-time for the designer, part-time for myself. And things just kind of started to fall into place after that. So I started building up my own clientele. I left the office job completely. And then the designer I was working for was having her first baby and she kind of naturally started to slow down. And I just kept getting more and more jobs. And it was weird because I didn't have this goal to have my own business, to be honest. I was like, I want to be full-time for this designer. She's the dream. And then the universe is like, nope, you're you're going in. I'm so happy it turned out that way. It just is crazy because it's honestly not what I imagined would happen. Right. And yeah, I don't remember you saying, oh, I have to start my own business. Yeah. So, okay. First, so much about this. What I love (laughs) is that... What I love is that, and this is such good advice, I think, for the generation after us is that, first of all, it is so defeating when you are sending your heart out and you're sending your resume and you're basically being told you're not good enough. Totally. Like, I knew I was a unicorn and I'm like, come on, people. (laughs) Right. You show it. (laughs) And it's so hard to be able to express that, to get people to really see that. And I love that you took this, is that, is this boss? Yeah, boss really wants in on this conversation. (laughs) We'll have to talk about boss in a little bit. We have to get to boss. Boss is Katie's dog. He's so sweet. And we, we met boss when boss was a baby. Oh my gosh. So, but I love how you went this route of, okay, how can I get in? How can I find someone who's willing to let me do this so I can show what I can do, even if it's for free. And I think that's what you have to have, especially as an entrepreneur, any way in, I always like, just go around back. If you can't get through the front, you have to find your way in. Yeah. Um, And I love that, that you've started that way. I didn't know this story. Yeah. So once you started working for this designer, how did you, and you're building your clientele, how do you feel that you finally felt ready? Like, okay, this is the time I need to go off on my own and really do this. So I feel through being from San Diego, I definitely had a network of people that I knew and also just people I met in college. And my boyfriend went to college here. So that kind of opened up a whole other network of people as well. And so I started getting more clients and I got a big job that was doing the tasting room for a hard kombucha brand called Juneshine, which is like a really well-known hard kombucha brand nowadays. And that really put me on the map. I got a lot of press from that and that led to more cool clients, more cool projects. And it was kind of a domino effect. Yeah, I had the same with my, it's like, you need one big one. Once you start having clients, it's like, okay, you're hoping that these random deals come in, but it's so inconsistent and you don't know when you're going to have your next big client or your next deal, or do you kind of get on a retainer and you start working consistently? What was your experience? You, you described it perfectly. It's, it's definitely scary because with residential projects you're in and after a certain point you're out and you're done and you're not going to hear from that client until they're buying a new home. 
So it's definitely, there's ebbs and flows as I think there are in every business and you kind of just have to wing it and hope for the best. (laughs) And honestly, it's just a combination of word of mouth and referral. So doing a really good job for people, for them, but also knowing they're going to refer you other people. That's so true. That was a huge part of it. Such a referral business. Yeah. So in that period of growing and you at this point don't have your full-time job, how did you stay just cool? How did you stay centered? What did you do to make yourself feel like, okay, you're going, you're going to be fine. You've got this. I felt like just being open to the possibilities and the fact that I kept hearing no, but things kept falling into place. I honestly just felt like things are going to work out. I just need to work really hard and it's going to work out. I just had kind of blind faith, which is definitely scary, but that's what I had. And it really helped get me through it. I knew if I was putting my best foot forward, handling myself on Instagram, like posting every day, being active, also networking, reaching out to other designers and, you know, connecting with other circles of people, I think was so important during that time. That is such a good point. And I found the same starting my business. I was reaching out to women who were essentially my competitors. Like yeah. they were doing what I wanted to do. And I was so surprised. And also it felt so good that I'd be like, Hey, what do you charge people? What do you put in your contracts? Totally. All of those questions that you have no idea. And you really yeah. just need to talk to someone who did it. They were so mm-hmm. gracious with this information and they didn't have to be. Mm-hmm. And I find that this is so true in every industry is people want to help. The more you lean into, I don't know everything. There are people who yes. know more than I do. And reaching out. It's so important. It's so important. And there's going to be designers and people who don't respond and it's nothing personal or because they don't want to be helpful. People are busy, but there's going to be someone who responds and helps you. So it was another situation of reaching out to 10 designers and to respond. People are going to say no, and you just have to keep trying and keep asking. And someone's going to, someone's going to respond. Someone's going to help you. Yes. And it means everything to you. It's like the littlest thing goes so far and it's not a big totally. deal for them. Yeah. I saw this thing on Instagram maybe a month ago and it was a five minute favor. It was like, what's a five minute favor I can do for you? And then yeah. comment, all of the comments were like, I'll read over your resume, like send me an email pitch that you want to look over. I'll introduce yeah. you. And I love that because when you don't have the resources, that five minutes is everything. Totally. Yeah. Totally. You'll remember that too. When people reach out to me now, yeah. and I'm sure to you now, you're like, of course I'll help you. What do you need? You know, you totally. Remember. Absolutely. I say that all the time. People reach out to me. I'm like, I'm here to pay it forward. People helped me. And I mean, obviously you can't respond to everybody that needs help, but I try to respond <laughs> to like a number of people every month. I definitely make a conscious effort to pay it forward. Yeah. No, that's so good. So when you were first starting off, did you ever have a huge obstacle or challenge where you were like, how am I going to do this? Like something went wrong or you were worried that it would completely fail. Like, did you have any moments like that? I don't have like one specific moment that stands out, but something that you touched on that just generally stands out as a challenge for me is not knowing the answer to everything. 
I'm such a control freak. I, I always want to give the answer and I just can't possibly know all there is to know about design and construction. So that's a general challenge I faced was being newer in the industry, not having the answers to everything and having to lean into that and just be transparent with clients. Like, Hey, I don't know this specific scenario. So let me figure it out for you. I'll chat with the contractor and we'll get to the bottom of it, which is hard for me. Like I would rather be like, yeah, Oh, of course we're going to do this. I know everything, but (laughs) I really had to lean in and be like, Oh, I don't know. (laughs) So just being okay with that. (laughs) Yes. Oh, I have really learned that the hard way, but when you just admit you don't know things, people are so fine with it. Totally. Yes. Just being real and expectations for you is probably so big setting expectations. Yeah. Because I think if I hired a designer, I'd be like, can we do this? Can we do this? I would like, <laughs> get so crazy. I would need someone totally. to be like, okay, let's bring it in. Yeah. Bring you back <laughs> down to earth a little bit. Yes. <laughs> and when you started the people in your life, were they supportive? Were they projecting their fear onto you? Like what experience did you have with the people in your life? Yeah, that's a great question. I feel like for the most part, people were really supportive. I definitely remember asking one of my close friends, should I quit my job and just go for it? Like I'm going to lose my health benefits and my PTO. (laughs) This is a big deal. And I remember her saying like, I would stick with the security blanket until like things really pick up. And I respected that, but it also was kind of showed me, I don't want to wait until things totally take off. I definitely kept enough of a security blanket long enough working multiple jobs, but it got to a point where I was like, I I can take this risk. Oh, I had so many people tell me starting a business was the worst ever. I know. And it's the people that love you. And I think this is important to talk about because I wasn't warned for this. Yeah. You know, the haters will come and be in your head, but it's when the people who love you, the people closest to you are like, are you sure this is a good idea or totally maybe you should just get a real job or all yeah. the, I was told all of the things oh my god and the real yeah. job story kills me the real job real job get a real job yeah so many times I think this deters a lot of people from starting totally and yeah. it makes sense because I feel like and that's how I was raised too was essentially a real job was law or in the medical field or some type of business for some reason creative is so disconnected from business for certain generations like I never knew interior design was a career and I also never had a goal of having my own business because it wasn't really talked about and not necessarily in my family right I mean I guess my dad had his own business but he didn't see like interior design as a career (laughs) right it's a hobby (laughs) totally totally (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So when you have a vision for a client, is it generally you telling them what you see or do they first come to you and say, this is what I want? And if it's not what you want, is it so hard? How do you work with your style and your brand and still make a client happy? Such a great question. Clients usually come to me and they like my style, but they definitely have their own vision for the space. And things around their lifestyle and their family that's super specific to them. So I would say it's really a collaboration of my style and something in my design resonating with someone and also them having a vision. So we kind of work on that together from the get-go. 
we look at inspiration. I see what they're drawn to. And I kind of pull from that in their lifestyle and what I know they want their space to function as, and then put my touch on it in the end. That's great. So do you start with a vision board or a Pinterest board or something where you can visibly see what they're talking about? Yes, totally. (laughs) Because like design terms mean something different to everybody. Someone could say they like coastal and that could be a million different things. That could be Nantucket, very traditional coastal, and it could be California, casual coastal. So it could mean a million things. So yeah, we go through a shared Pinterest and we just save everything we both love. And then I kind of pull from that and combine it down and condense it. And we run through the more honed in version. So when you are going through different projects with clients, what part of it lights you up and which part of it gives you the most, oh God, I don't know if I can do this. Are there parts of it? You would outsource if you could, or you eventually will. So I've always liked all phases and parts of the project, starting from measuring their house and inputting measurements into AutoCAD doing the floor plans, coming up with the design. I think what stands out to me that I don't love, which makes sense, is like the budgeting aspect of a project. My dreams run wild, their dreams run wild. And then it's like, oh, I got to bring us both back down to earth here. (laughs) So, but then that's a cool challenge in itself is finding a way to balance high and low cost things and meeting their budget and making it look like how we want it to look. Yes, that makes complete sense. So transitioning a bit, I think about this all the time because once you start a business and you put it out there, and of course we're putting out our best, we're making it look so good and pretty and amazing. Do you ever feel that pressure to have it all together? Oh, all the time in all facets of life, business, personal. And I think a huge part of that at least this is my own experience, is being in such a social media heavy time, seeing other designers and all their projects and they're doing them all from start to finish, like tiled down to the toothbrush holder. And I don't get to do that with all my projects. Like I I only get to do remodel sometimes and I don't get to do the furnishings and I compare and feel like general pressure, I guess, to have it all together, having these big projects and meeting these certain milestones in a design career that I might not necessarily be at yet. Right. Something I started doing, which I think is so important. It reminded me of this when you're talking is little wins, celebrating them and really celebrating them. Like, okay, this might be nothing to me in a year, but right now this feels like a win or else you look back and it's just like, it goes so fast and taking a second to just be like, you did this, you know, that's really cool. No one can take that from you. Totally. Sometimes I go through my Instagram and I'm like, oh my God, I did all this. This is nuts. (laughs) So totally. Yes. I remember I was sitting in my showroom once and a meeting was happening, which I really should have been like more engaged in. But I just had this moment where I was watching all like all of the people at the table. And I was, I just went back to, I remember I was literally crying on the floor, like sprawled out to Jared, like, 
I like, well, I can't get a showroom. I can't find this. Like I will never succeed. Just like a whole meltdown. Totally. And it feels so big. And then I remember in this moment, I'm sitting there and I'm just watching this conversation happen. And these ideas come to life in this space. And I remember I was going through all of the steps of like negotiating and meeting this person and these little things that come together. It was this aha moment of, okay, you can do as Glennon you can do hard things. Like you can, but if you were to tell yourself that at your low, like when I'm crying on the floor, (laughs) um, you wouldn't believe that. Totally. So so we're always comparing someone's big, you know, their big moments when I'm sure they would look back at all of the moments and think, oh my God, I can't believe I got there as well. So totally. I know celebrating the wins small and large are so important. Oh, so important. So on the days where you're just feeling exhausted or low energy or just not in the mood, do you go for a workout? Do you meditate? What's your thing that gets you back to yourself? This is the question of the year. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I have felt so, which is so new for me. I'm usually go, go, go super motivated. And this year for sure has been really difficult and feeling low energy and unmotivated. I feel like I have this toolbox of things that always help me pick me up. So meditating, breathing, drinking water. They're all such basic, simple things but they nurture my soul like nothing else. Movement is super important for me, whether it's going on a walk around the block or it's a full-on workout for an hour. Movement is so important. And also journaling. Dumping my thoughts that I know aren't serving me is super helpful. Yes. Journaling is crazy how much it helps. I know. It sounds so silly. Like we all know about journaling. This is nothing new, but it's really, really helpful. It does because things can feel so, especially when you don't have a huge theme that you're talking with every day and working things out, you are kind of yeah. just in your head all the time. Totally. totally. <laughs> so it's like, you need to have a conversation with yourself. Like this actually isn't that big of a deal or how do yeah. I work through? You can strategize in your journaling totally. just by getting it out. Yeah. Literally. So true. So when you think about growing your firm, how do you dream of it being in five years? So I want to move into an office space. I currently work out of my home office and I really am looking forward to moving into an office space with an attached retail component. I have two girls right now working super part-time for me. So bringing people on full-time I don't even know what I envision as far as how large the team will be eventually. But as of right now, I feel like four to five people would be super ideal. So that's kind of my goal is moving into an office space, having that attached retail component with wholesale stuff I select and curate and also custom stuff. That's the goal. I love that. So speaking of dreaming, do you have people who you constantly go to for inspiration? Yes. So there's so many facets to people I feel inspired by. So I'll start with the design level. I mean, anyone who's into interior design is going to roll their eyes at this, but (laughs) Amber Lewis of Amber Interior, she's like the biggest designer of I Feel My Time, but I'm so inspired by her on so many levels. 
I think it's so cool that she's gotten to a point where you can look at a room and know that Amber Interiors did that room. I just think that's so amazing. And she brings this realness to her Instagram and to life that I love and appreciate so much. I love that it's kind of an unfiltered version of her at all times. Really admire that. Um, Natalie Myers in Orange County, another designer that I love. Riley Klassen, Sarah Sherman Samuel. Have you seen she did Mandy Moore's house last year? It's to die for. I think I did see this. I, didn't, you probably I don't know did. designers' names usually, but I yeah. seen, I saw this on a magazine maybe. So cool. Yes, I think it was on the cover of something. Who else? And on a personal level, I feel like all my close friends in this time of life, we're all doing the hard work on ourselves to grow. And I'm so inspired by people doing that, asking themselves the hard questions, looking at their family origin stories and the stories they tell themselves and becoming aware and accountable of things that they're doing that could be done better. I'm just so inspired by people doing that work. And also my boyfriend Attila, he's a fellow creative and working his own business And we should have asked him the question about how do you stay motivated? Because he, homeboy, does not waver. (laughs) I don't know how he does it. (laughs) But that is so amazing to be around. Yeah. For you to be around that energy. It's contagious. Totally. He could be in any mood, having any type of day, and he is working. It does not stop. Do you guys both work out of your home? Yeah, we do. So he has the garage space as the studio though. So it's super, super separated. We're not on top of each other, luckily, although we were last year and that was a struggle. (laughs) That's what I was going to ask, how you're doing with working together during COVID. (laughs) So I, I feel lucky because last year we lived in a really small place. It was like living, dining, both of our workspaces were all in one room. Imagine our living room in college essentially and us both working out <laughs> all the time that was like our entire apartment <laughs> and just all of our stuff everywhere and he's an artist so he has paint everywhere paints all over the floor so we already went through the thick of that before COVID hit so as far as being together and working together luckily we kind of already went through that the year before oh this has been such a <laughs> Do you and your boyfriend both work from home no so he's working from home right now I've been going to an office the past like few weeks but that's new there's definitely moments where I was like I feel like I'm in your head you're on calls all day and I feel like I'm part of the team like I don't (laughs) want to work in finance you know you're like babe not the best idea (laughs) I know way more about finance than I ever wanted to oh my god it is I think something that is so important, if anyone's listening to this and you're struggling with this, is just take your time for you, even if it's a walk, it's okay. And I think everyone is going through this in different ways, but just have your thing. For me, I need to take a bath and then I'm good. After that, I'm so relaxed. I get in my own little world. But just taking some time to get back to you is yeah. so huge <laughs> during this So time. huge. It's so necessary. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. So I'm always curious about people's methods for organizing all of their thoughts, for putting together their projects. 
what type of person are you? I'm sure you're pretty visual. So how do you go about your projects and keeping track of everything inside of your head? I feel like I'm a big list girl, like whether it be an idea for a client, an idea for my future office retail space that I envision, I have random ideas come to me like, oh, I really want to carry this in my future store. I just write it down. I can have like an idea come to me of a tile combination or color, a color palette, and I write it all down. So I'm, I'm actually a big list lady. I also love doing vision boards as well. I always do that kind of as a New Year's thing. Yes, coming up. Hallelujah, 2021. <laughs> okay, so speaking of Mandy Moore, who would be your dream celeb client to design their house? Oh, that's such a good question. Honestly, maybe because I just watched SNL, but Kristen Wiig comes to mind. Maybe just because I want to like hear her talk and tell me jokes. <laughs> just be friends with her. Totally. Just trying to make friends over here with no, these that's people. That's a good one. I feel like she would be fun to collaborate with. Right? Yes. So if a young girl, you're talking to college Katie's designing right now in college and learning about this. What advice would you give her for starting a design firm and all of the things you've gone through? Like what would be maybe your top three things that you would say would be your best words of advice? I would say networking is huge. You have to learn to put your ego aside. Keep asking and keep asking until someone helps you out and connects you. Just keep networking. I feel like that was huge for me. Second, I would say get super cozy with the word no. (laughs) The word no has to be your best friend for a little while (laughs) starting out (laughs) in all facets. So yeah, getting cozy with the word no. Lastly, I would say work hard, but also have balance. I think if this year has taught us anything, it's that we just really can't keep up with the pace that we move at as society does right now. And we need to slow down, have balance, but also know you're going to work really, really hard when you're starting out. And that's just the reality of it. And hard work does pay off. Oh, yes. That's so true. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on. I am truly so inspired by you and excited for you. And every time I see you, I just light up because you are doing such amazing things with your business. And boss, we hear you. We love you too. Thank you so much. The feeling is mutual. I'm so proud of you and for launching this podcast. So cool. So many great conversations already. Thank you so much. Okay. I hope you enjoyed this episode and are feeling so fired up to go out there and create that business or side hustle that's been on your to-do list, you know, a little bit longer than you care to admit. It is never too late to make the first step towards the life you want more than anything else. If you haven't already, make sure you are subscribed to the show so that you never miss an episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, keep becoming the woman of your wildest dreams.